Footprints presents The Incredibles, a series where you meet ordinary but incredible individuals. Kung Fu, literally translated as hard-earned skills acquired over time, is arguably a staple in Chinese culture and widely considered as the grandfather of martial arts as we know it due to its antiquity and complexity. Most names that come to mind on this subject are Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Tai Chi, Shaolin, and Wu Dong. Who would have known that a few Hong Kong films from the 1960s and 70s would captivate the world with their charismatic depictions of Chinese culture? But how much appeal could it really have on those of us outside of China? Is Kung Fu really just what we see in the movies? Well, let's find out on today's episode. Action. I'm Luke Bateman. I'm Luke Benzer. Yeah, that's good. Okay, ha. Shi Yi Ga. You probably think that's a Chinese person talking, but that's actually the foreign expat we're interviewing today. As you heard, his Chinese is quite a ways better than his English. But for today's interview, he told us he was up for the challenge. I'm Luke from Gabon. I've been living in China for 40 years. I'm the representative of African Film Association in China. And my motto is, you can be anything you want, as long as you have a dream. I'm Luke Benza. This is my story. They say the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams and will never fly or soar to new heights unless we have one. Today, we hear how this actually plays out in real life. Luke Benza is a Kung Fu master, martial arts actor, and representative of the African Film Association in China. Originally from the African country of Gabon, he's been living in China for nearly 40 years. Having accomplished so much in his own right, it wouldn't be an unusual thought to wonder how he was able to reach these milestones, especially in a foreign country. So today, Luke shares with us how he made it all possible. At his studio in the capital, he tells us about his journey. Here's how we started. So, Mr. Benza, first of all, we'd like to say thank you for taking the time to do this interview. Thank you. Tell us a little about your background. Okay, I'm from uh, Gabon. Okay. And Gabon is in Central West Africa. And uh, when I was young, like normal kids, going to school. Uh, and But my parents, mostly my mom, was very strict on me. Right. But I didn't follow what they're saying. I was mostly interested by... Uh, Bruce Lee movie, Jackie Chan movies. It's why I didn't follow the instruction made by my man, you know, <laughs> my family, we can say that. Strict parents, school, and hobbies. A very familiar and conflicting combination that I'm sure we've all dealt with at some point. Being a young student, many could agree that this is a time frame where we're all the most impressionable. Luke spoke on his attraction to Kung Fu at this age. So I asked him, which films made their mark? We call the flying knife. Flying knife? The flying knife. Is it the house of flying daggers? I see the man 
it was fighting, and then in the same times it was flying like in the air, like a plane, you know. So I was thinking, wow, man, this is kind of maybe if I go to China, maybe I will learn how to fly like him, you know. <laughs> the other movies we uh, call Tai Chi Chi Kong. You know, okay. which is the second movie will inspire me a lot because you have a villain guy, you know, really tough, you know, and then he's doing kind of movement. You can take a knife, you can punch him, nothing, you know, you, <laughs> you, get, you get nothing, you know. So that's inspired me to come to China. Yeah. But of course, my family was uh, very uh, strict on me. They said, why you go to China? Maybe they will kick you, they will beat you because you see what they fly in the air. They, they fly with knife, you know. Uh, I'm afraid you cannot go to, to China. So I was, of course, uh, very sad to hear that. But I have a conviction and uh, a dream. You know, my conviction, my dream, it was to come in China. So as you heard... This marked the beginning of a wacky idea to some, but to Luke, the start of his destined encounter with China. Oddly so, it also intrigued his desire to fly, as most characters did in classic Chinese films. Though no one knows the exact time of its inception, Chinese Kung Fu is estimated to date back to primeval society during the Shang and Zhou dynasties, 17th century BC to 221 BC. Its functionality evolved over the years from hunting, self-defense and dancing, to competition, education, and propagation until it was restricted in the Qing Dynasty. Probably the most renowned place where Kung Fu flourished on a massive scale was the Shaolin Temple, widely known for its rigorous training, Buddhism, and world-famous film depictions of such. But in Luke's case, how could his childhood fantasy work its way into reality? Here's what he said. And then at that time, during my sport morning, and then I see a Chinese man. I didn't know he was Chinese. He was doing, you know, in my hometown. He was living not far from uh, the place I live, you know. Okay. And then in the morning, he was staying, doing this kind of very slow movement, very slow. I say, what is it? And I was afraid because, you know, when in Africa, when we see a Chinese, we think, oh, you know, Kung Fu, you know, he's very strong, you know. This is what I was thinking, you know. <laughs> And, you know, and it's why I was afraid enough to say hi to him, you know. But every morning I was pressing there and he saw me. And then he was trying maybe to say something, but he speak, he speak very well French, you know. And he was saying, hey, uh, I say hi to me. Ooh, uh, you know, I <laughs> escape. And I know he knows I want to talk to him, you know, but I'm afraid. And he said, don't be afraid of me. We can be friends. And... Of course, I get secure, I mean, uh, kind of secure. So we befriend there, and then from there I never go to school anymore, you know. Okay. Yeah, I never go to school anymore. And one day, my teacher, my mathematics teacher, because, you know, mathematics with me, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and she called my parents, and she said that, oh, your kids recently don't come to school, you know. What is doing? <laughs> And my mom and dad they was waiting for me at the time, you know, and say, oh, you don't go to school? What's wrong with you? And I say, oh, no, for me, I have a dream and my convictions. I want to go to China. My mom, yeah! <laughs> I said, 
kids lose mind. It's very crazy. It's, it's, I, I, are you crazy or not? You will not go to China. You will stay here and you have to go to school. You understand? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never go to school. Every day, I go to see my friend, mm. uh, Mr. Wang Yuquan. Every day I go to see him, he, he teach me kind of Tai Chi, he was teaching me a little bit basic Chinese and then if Chinese song as well, you know, and then I ask him, please, I want to go to China, but um, can you do a further to me, for me, please? He said, what? Go to talk to my parents, I want to go to China. I went to, to talk to my mom and then I say, hey, my Chinese friend, he will be, he will come to the house. Because at that time, every morning I was put the Chinese song. We have, a, you know, uh, how to say, we have a small things and we put the uh, CD player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every morning, ching chong, ching chong, ching chong, ching chong, ching you know, every morning. And then my mom, my father said, oh, my kids, uh, it's, it's crazy now, you lost my, you lost mine. Uh. We have to do something about that. <laughs> you know, eh? <laughs> Okay. You know, most people would say that any friend that influences you to skip class to hang out is probably not a good friend at all. So it's no wonder that the parents reacted the way they did. Wang Yuchuan served as a catalyst that gave Luke the courage to act on what he felt was his conviction. As I'm sure you could probably guess, the family took some convincing to allow their son to pursue his dream at such a young age. And in case you're wondering how they actually did it, well, keep listening. Yeah, when I was watching Kung Fu movies, mm. it, at that time I was thinking, yeah, I have to move, I have to come to China. Because uh, since I watch Bruce Lee movies, mostly Bruce Lee movies, you know, okay. and Jackie Chan movies, you know. So oh, there's a lot of those. Yes, I decide, you know, to, to come to China. But Mr. Wang, I asked him to go to see my parents, to talk with my parents and to see the possibility, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when he came to my house, my mom was unhappy, was not happy. I, I, what do you do to my kids? You know, he's crazy. Every day he's looking, he's listening this chanting, 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 chan, strange song. What do you do to him? You know, and now he's more crazy. He say he want to go to China and you here, you support what he's doing. <laughs> He's just a kid. What are you doing to him? <laughs> and then he tried to explain. He explained to my mom. He said, ah, you know, then you expect. Of course, in Africa, they have a very strong education, you know, for, for kids. If uh, parents are in high level, they also want the kids to be in that level, right. you know. But me, I was different, you know, I was more interested by, you know, movies, kung fu, kind of things. And then he said to my mom, they all, he said, let me go, because if you stay here and you keep being, uh, be strong with him, like go to school, I think he will not succeed. Let him go and I think maybe uh, he will succeed because it's his dream. You know? A huge gamble, one that many parents wouldn't have taken. But fortunately for Luke, his luck turned out and he began to gear up for his sojourn to China. We heard him reference a couple of films that triggered his passion. And off the mic, we talked about a lot of other flicks that are household names even in America, like Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee, The Drunken Master with Jackie Chan, The Shaolin Temple with Jet Li, Iron Monkey with Donnie Yen, and The 36th Chamber of Shaolin with Gordon Liu made famous in part by the Wu-Tang Clan in American hip-hop, where even their naming was clearly inspired by Wudang, a renowned mountain in China and style of Kung Fu. 
the group members named some of their aliases, songs, and albums from Kung Fu Films, namely from the legendary Shaw Brothers, an epic Chinese film production company. <laughs> Martial arts is widespread throughout the world with many countries adopting their own that tie into their history and culture. Yet Luke only wanted to learn it in China. When I asked why and what differences he encountered in the training as opposed to what he saw in his beloved films, here's how he replied. We have to know uh, when we see Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan mm -hmm. or Jet Li and if Dan Young, what we think? China. Mm. If you want to learn the real Chinese martial arts, you have to come to China to learn it. You know, it's like when we think, when we say Brazil, oof, we think of football, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Right. So it's why I came in China to learn Chinese martial arts, because we can say Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan, they're doing a lot of promotion uh, on China on, uh, on movies. Right. So it's why we, we think the best place to come to learn Chinese martial arts is, is, is China. It's why we choose China. But we have to think like this. Uh, movies and the real practicing Chinese martial arts completely two things different. Okay. Is is different. Practicing you, you know, uh, is not easy to practicing Chinese martial arts. Absolutely is not easy. So you have to spend a lot of time. You need to have a good teacher, mm -hmm. and you need to uh, to you know to ask yourself, is that what you want? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. All your training. Yeah, 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 yeah. I make the right choice. Yes, right? yes. Uh, yeah, is that what you want? Because this is very, you it's know, very uh, it's very tough. It's very tough. Okay, so doing kung fu is one thing, but getting into the movie industry while you do it is an entirely different matter. For most actors or any profession, for that matter. There's often lots of training and qualifications needed in order to be considered into the acting pool. But Luke's case was exceptional. Here's what happened. So I was in uh, Shaolin Temple. It was the, the first international competition uh, in, in Shaolin Temple. I got the first prize and then I saw old man come to me and then he said, Oh, I saw your performance, you're doing good. Are you interested in movie? <laughs> Just like that, huh? just like that. Yeah, just like that. So it's Mr. Lowe, which is passed away already. He was the producer of Bruce Lee. Huh? Yeah, he was the producer of Bruce Lee. And then he invited me to go to Hong Kong. And then I was in his office and then I saw his picture with Bruce Lee and all the big movie stars at the time I had been seeing when I was kids in my hometown. And I said, oh, so maybe, yeah, I'm in the... <laughs> Maybe this might work. Yeah, this is my work right now. <laughs> yeah, and then then he passed away. He introduced me to Mr. Tong Wei, and uh, that was my first movie called The Dragon is in Shaolin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, The Dragon is in Shaolin uh, with Mr. Tong Wei, and with Mr. Tong Wei I do uh, two movies: The Extreme Challenge and The uh, Dragon is in Shaolin. And from there, movies, movies. He never movies. looked back after yeah, that. Yeah, huh? movies, movies. Wow. Yes. But mostly for me, it was to uh, doing the promotion of Chinese culture and to show also to my brother of, or overseas that if I can do that, if you have a dream, then you can, you can also do that and also to improve myself. As he mentioned, part of his work is to promote Chinese culture abroad through martial arts and evidently through film as well. 
In addition to his childhood dream to fly, influenced solely by Kung Fu, he also hopes to inspire China and the world the same way he was captivated by Chinese culture. Luke happens to be the first or one of the first Africans to enter training in the Shaolin Temple at age 14 and is also the first representative of the African Film Association in Asia, a pioneer in raising public perception of Africa. Up until just a few years ago, Mr. Benza says that no Chinese films were shot in Africa. The feature film, When Africa Meets You, premiered at the second China-Africa International Festival in Cape Town, South Africa in October 2018. According to the film's director, Wan Minfang, this is the first Chinese film shot entirely on the African continent. The Ebola Fighters was a 24-episode TV series that was a real-life adaptation of Chinese medical workers dispatched to Africa to combat the deadly disease Ebola. Over the past decade, he's been instrumental in holding joint film festivals and promoting activities on Chinese campuses like Peking and Tsinghua universities to propagate more awareness. Here, I asked him if he thought there was any progress in that realm and what he hopes to see from his efforts. Here's what he shared. Yeah, 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 because you know, you have some, uh, now we have a lot of Chinese entrepreneurs who, who go to invest in Africa. A lot of them are going to invest in Africa. And then you have some Chinese who have been married with African women there. And then they, they yeah, they, they, they like to be there, you know. And then sometimes they was asking, they say sometimes, oh, you know what? Uh, when you live in Africa, you are afraid of Africa. But when you go, you like it. When you leave Africa, you think too much about Africa. His Chinese friends tell me that. So what that means is he's doing his own part uh, to developing uh, Africa in his, his own way also, you know, and to uh, let the Chinese people say, okay, Africa is not uh, what they're saying, or you have to go there. It's like me, when I see Chinese Kung Fu movie in my country, I was thinking, oh, they are very strong, they fly in the air, they fly, you know. So, <laughs> but when I came, I see it's not, it's not that, you know, it's, right. it's not like that, yeah. So we need to build a bridge on the movie between China and Africa. This is my first goal because on the perspective on one bed, one road, to see the possibility if we can include like uh, movies, African actors and producers and Chinese producers and filmmakers to be together and to see what is uh, the possibility. Things aren't always what they're portrayed to be, as Luke candidly put it. So no. Chinese people don't actually fly, and Kung Fu isn't second nature to everyone throughout the country. While more and more Chinese are getting the opportunity to explore the African continent for themselves and see its beauty for what it really is. He also mentioned the Belt and Road Initiative, which is an international economic cooperative led by China that emphasizes global growth, mutual learning, and understanding amongst nations throughout the world. With over 40 African countries involved in this initiative, Luke also looks to do his part on a global scale with respect to his passion for Kung Fu and film. While we're on the subject of global understanding, Luke shared with us his personal anecdote of his experience teaching Kung Fu as an African. <laughs> for those who don't have a lot of experience with martial arts, this might sound a bit awkward, and Luke admitted he had a few of these moments during his international instructorship, one of which he shared with us. Check it out. 
like uh, 10 years ago, I was traveling around the world uh, to give seminars, mostly for the uh, Chinese traditional uh, Kung Fu style. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've been in France, Germany, I mean, Europe, uh, Africa, yeah, in the Latin America to teach. Wow. Uh, it's kind of promotion of the Chinese Kung Fu. Yeah. How were you received there? Because I would imagine that a lot of people that are receiving you are probably expecting someone Chinese to teach it, right? Yes. So when they saw you, I mean, how are you receiving? Mostly in Germany. <laughs> I arrived in Germany. They write Benjang, but in Chinese Pinyin, Benjang. But I know it's my name, right? And then I went to front of my name. They say, oh, please, we <laughs> get away. Uh, please get away. We wait for uh, you know expert from China. I said, ah, okay. So I was sitting there, and then I went back, and he said, oh, you are not understand. We see, we went for a Chinese expert. You know, I, get away. Okay. So I stayed there, and then I still wait, waiting for the passenger to come out the plane. Since see nobody. And then I went back again, and then he get nervous, and then I told him, I'm Mr. Binta. Binta. <laughs> <laughs> They get surprised. And I say that uh, when I, I told you before that uh, Chinese Ushu is come from China, right. but belong to the world. Mm -hmm. So if I can, you can. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> An eye-opening realization indeed. According to a recent report from CRI Online, Tai Chi, which is just one form of Kung Fu, has nearly 300 million fans in more than 150 countries and regions worldwide. These numbers validate the notion that Chinese Kung Fu isn't only a treasure in China, but also one for the world. For those that think that it's mainly a dance for physical fitness, Luke shares that there are many forms of Kung Fu that suit everyone, whether you're in it for self-defense, fitness, performance arts, military combat, or what have you. He also illuminated some intrinsic benefits he's experienced in himself and others who train. People who's practicing martial arts and people who don't practicing, you know, big difference. Mm -hmm. People who's practicing martial arts is why you, they will face on a different, huge, big problem in the society. It can be in house, family problem, can be love problem, can be when you're looking for a job or can have any problem, but you'll be in the top of those problems. If you do comparison, if you're doing the, the comparison, what you was paying is nothing. You understand, my brother? Right. <laughs> so, people don't practicing martial arts, then there will be maybe stress on any kind of situation. You know, uh, it will be stress. Ah, why this? Why, why this? You know, in, in different situations. You know, so we as martial practitioner, we handle any kind of situations. We know how to handle. We know how far we can go. How far we cannot go. And uh, my teacher, they give me a lot of push. You know, they give me a lot of, uh, how to say, good advice, you know. One of my tennis teachers, he said that, oh, since you come to this world, you know, you're going to be in a battle because this world is a battle, man. So you need to, to fight. Any of something who should belong to you, you need to fight, you know. So you will be in peace. Then you will change. You will go to other part. And fight again. You understand? <laughs> then you will be in peace, you know. But in the meantime, you are alive. You need to fight. 
for you, your family, and for some problems you will face on. And uh, this, is, this is the way life is, you know. It's why Chinese Wushu help. Many people can agree that life is a fight in just about every aspect. So we need different tools to remedy whatever life brings us. And Kung Fu, as Luke plainly put it, is one of those tools that help us deal with the mental and physical battles of what it means to be alive. As we got closer to our conclusion, I asked Luke what he was most proud of here, if China was the remainder of his life novel, and what his motto was for the country. Here's what he said. When we shot The Legend of Bruce Lee, I was uh, happy to get this role, you know, because it was, for me, uh, another dream. Okay. Yeah. And then Michael J. White as well, he's a good friend of mine also, they was happy, das, das Cascos as well, I've made all, they was happy to play, to be a part of that TV series. It was not given to anyone, but if you can be a part of that TV series, <clears throat> man, it's a... Uh, it's big deal. Yeah, big deal. Yeah. Okay. So would you say that China is a chapter in your story or the remainder of your life novel? Oh, it's the end of my life level. I can say that because uh, if no advice from my teachers, you know, I think it's no benza. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, for me it was luck. And then, you know, my uncle as well was here and then he gave me a lot of directions. And I have a good chance to face on the good master as well, who was keeping to give me what you know what, what I am today. Mm. You know, so for me, it's a, I can say it's a, it's, it's, it's a good chance. You know, and then I still right now I still participate on the the Chinese the development of and the promotion of the Chinese culture to the overseas. In the same times, also for the Chinese culture or for the African culture in China, to see what can be combined. I mean, to see what is uh, the more possibility, you know, mm. to understand each other because we still have uh, many differences. I mean, in culture aspect, we have similar things. Mostly, when you go to see the Chinese uh, 56 minority, but most of them, they have a little bit similarity with the uh, you know African culture. Mm. Yeah. So earlier I asked if you could uh, give me your motto mm-hmm. on life. Mm. What would you say your motto is for China? For me, China is a dream come true. For me. For other people, I don't know. But for me, my personal view, she's for me. My dream was to come in China. And then China is my second country. Okay. So it's a place where dreams come true. Yes. Not only did he get to star with Hollywood martial arts stars like Michael Jai White and Mark DeCoscos, he even got to work with Jackie Chan. From a small Gabonese town to the chambers of Shaolin, this was the story of Luke Benza, the African who wanted to fly. In 2015, his documentary of the same name highlighted his extraordinary journey of Kung Fu. Though figurative, Luke's story is a testament that we can make whatever we want come true with the right passion and resilience. At least that's what I took from our time together. In addition, of course, to one last request. Now, can you teach me something related to martial arts? Yes, then come, come. <laughs> something very simple. Very simple. Simple. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. Thank you for listening. I'm Tony Reed. 
If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary people in China, follow us on Apple Podcasts. Just key in "footprints" and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.